When we change our mindsets, we can change our outcomes, giving us the freedom to live the life we want. Welcome to Get Safe's Movement for Change podcast, where we invite industry professionals to speak about changing mindsets on key social, emotional, and societal topics, challenging us to do the same in our own personal lives. Well, welcome back to Get Safe's Movement for Change, Changing Mindsets, Changing Outcomes. I'm Stuart Haskin, founder of Get Safe. I have two amazing people in my room today. It's Lola and Jack Gersfeld, and they happen to be married, but they are, I would say, the most interesting individuals that I know because they are always doing something new. So I'll let them say hi real quick. Hi. So good to see you <laughs> yes. and to be here. Thanks, Stuart. Yeah, it's, it's an honor to be on this program. Oh, that's very nice of her. I paid her, but that's very <laughs> nice of her. Hi, Stuart. How are you? Good. Uh, you know, considering that you've been my instructor oh. many years ago, and uh, right now it's just a pleasure to be on oh. your podcast. Well, that's very nice. When you hear their background, so Jack, talk a little bit about your climb. I met Jack when he was building this cool computer company making things easier for individuals in the community or use of business platforms and different things and then he's kind of moved on to emotional healing with people with directly with what he's doing in life is right uh, quite a transition right <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah when i started the company we focused mainly uh designing audiovisual equipment and also we designed equipment for um handicapped people and uh, some of the projects we have which very exciting called Amy's Control Systems. And that was designed for quadriplegic to be able to control all of their surrounding with just blinking of their eyes wow, or awesome. just moving their head. Um, and then eventually um, Lola decided to go to a, a psychology field. And so Dr. I had, Lola, right? Yeah. Dr. Lola. Dr. Lola. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, so there were two choices, whether... Um, we go see a counselor, or I just learn about it in <laughs> yes. school. So I, so I chose the most expensive yes. well, maybe. way of doing it. And along this route. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but overall, just kind of focusing on uh, uh, vulnerable population, uh, focusing on people who have uh, traumatic experiences in, in their lives and recovery, and focusing on uh, marriages that struggle and uh, need some help. So you became uh, a licensed marriage and family therapist, right. correct? And Lola, your PhD is in? Yes, in organizational psychology. So, mm-hmm. two very smart people here. All right. <laughs> Thank you. But how does that work with you guys? Just uh, This is for fun, a personal dynamic. Do you use your practices at home? They're all quiet now. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we've been married for 38 years. Yeah. And uh, no marriage um, goes without uh, having difficulties. And uh, we've had our share of difficulties. Um, but we kind of had a goal staying together for the, in our life. Yeah. And... Uh, Incorporating the what we learn at school and incorporating what we learn with the um, uh, working with other psychologists, right. so we bring bring it home. And a lot yeah. of times it's hard, but uh, it helps. It helps to know what it takes to keep the relationship going. That's a big deal. Yeah. Well, and with Lola, with Lola uh, understanding what it takes and me understanding, we still get into our little cycle and dance. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> but uh, but hopefully it's going to get easier, and then it gets easier every time we. Uh, processes and figure out what to do next yeah. Yeah. I feel uh, like emotional connection emotional focused approach that we learned mm-hmm. and we have been using I've been using in my business and Jack has been using has really deepened our relationship oh, nice. because we are able to understand that it's not our fault 
And nobody wants to be at fault, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's the cycle that we get into. And then once we understand that we're fighting the cycle, it's much easier to be on the same side. Yes. uh, To understand what's going on, who got triggered, how we get triggered, what are the emotions involved, Mm. and what do we need to reconnect and feel safe. So that has been a transformational process, I believe, in our life. And not only in our marriage, but in our family has yeah. been transformed. Our kids, my our grandkids, we have five grandkids. I know. And so <laughs> we are teaching them this process and they are learning. It's like a language. Yeah. It's a language of expression of your emotions and understanding yourself better and relating to others. Well, I'm going to ask you for tips before we close because I think everyone's listening and going, I need that in my house, <laughs> you know, because we're both of you guys. Because like I said, you guys are always, you know, so even keeled when, when you see them and up, upbeat and happy. And a lot of times when you hear about doctors, they have the worst health. Plumbers have the worst plumbing at their own home. Mm-hmm. Gardeners have the worst. So it's nice to see that you guys can bring that back into your house. But tell us on a professional level what you're doing. So on a professional cool level, um, I got into this field of working with boards and teams through my own experience of seeing people get engaged in this drama that yeah. is going on in the workplace and I felt like it was really fascinating to me so I would go home and like draw these patterns and slowly I realized it's all about connection it's all about attachment it's all about um, if you feel more secure with each other on an emotional level you can resolve any problem so I took this approach from what we learned in clinical psychology and I put it into the workplace and I see transformation happening and I love it because you can just watch from the first session you can just watch how people are sitting across the table not looking at each other and through just a couple of hours just like your body language you know the body language the emotions they can express they can turn to each other so the first tip I have okay the first tip write it down people (laughs) (laughs) is number one the bad guy is the cycle not each other that's the best thing that I see that people start to feel safe is nobody wants to be the bad guy. And of course, naturally, we think about ourselves saying that if I'm feeling abandoned and rejected, it's not my fault, it's your fault. Right. So naturally, we go into that position of blaming, judging, criticizing, and complaining to people. But we have to realize, the first thing is to realize is that the negative cycle that we get into, that's the villain. Right. Agree. That's tip number one. All right, tip number one. That's one. Jack, you want to tip number two? <laughs> oh, that, that's quite amazing. <laughs> what Lola is saying, I kind of been thinking, um, what are the good tips to give to people who are just starting out a relationship? Because yeah. there's there's different ways of looking at it, uh, and different needs are uh, when you start a relationship, when you just been married, when you in the middle stage in your uh, family growth, and then. And then when your kids live, that's a change in, in the family. So, and I think uh, one of the big things that come up uh, when I work with couples is uh, how do I do not get upset at my wife? How do I not get upset at my husband? Right. How do I uh, stay calm in this moment? And what uh, it seems to be the, uh, at work here is that a lot of times what we see on a person's face, it's different what they feel. Mm. So, uh, for example... A husband can get angry, but what happens inside, he is really worried that maybe his wife doesn't love him anymore. Yeah. Okay. And or, or a wife gets upset, but what's inside she's saying is, do you care about me? Am I important? 
So it's an ability to see beyond the anger and beyond yeah. being upset is really important. At the time when your partner is upset, that's a time to help them to deal with that stress. Yeah, I agree with that. I read a study a long time ago it was regarding how males feel. They, they come off because of the, maybe society's bravado, like they're angry, but inside they're feeling insecure. You know, they feel like they're, they're failing in a sense, and that doesn't come out. We just mask it with yelling, you know, and that's... Right, <laughs> and, and, so and an important that, so. part that you mentioned here, insecure, uh, and they're failing in the eyes of their partner. Right. It's not overall in the whole life. Right. It's just in the eyes of their partner, they feel, maybe I'm not good enough. Yeah. And, and they get it, this in, and, this, and they say, wow, I can't meet her expectations? That's tough. Yeah. But we can't say that. Nobody teaches us relationship when we grow no. up. And we end up getting into relationship not realizing that what we used to do when we were kids doesn't work for adult relationship anymore. Yeah. And people get hurt in a way. Yeah, it's communication. And that's what life's about. Yeah. It's the communication. That's a lot of things our agency is doing is how to communicate, how to de-escalate. Now, I'm going to ask for a couple more tips later just because Paul and Paige are getting married in two okay. weeks. So he's going to be a newbie. <laughs> so yeah. take some tools with you on the honeymoon. Yeah. <laughs> so, which is oh, usually a honeymoon. Great. But yeah. But those are great. Now, you have a company. Yes, And your company is? Level, Level 5 Executive. And people can reach out and they bring you in to help that emotional connection in the board. Yes, the board or teams, right, exactly. Even in teams? Yeah, for sure, for sure. So I'll ask you, uh, so tell me a team you walked in that you walked in and going, oh boy, this is going to be a tough one. I mean, no names, just Mm -hmm. like a... Well, when I walk into a team, I usually say, wow, this is going to be an adventure. Okay. Because it's always a new adventure. (laughs) Uh, You see, uh, Stuart, it makes it much easier to deal with any conflict that's happening when you have a map. Yeah. And so in my work, I use attachment as a, as a map. So any moments of disconnection, I'm looking at how can I reconnect these people. Yeah. So they're really struggling. They're really not telling you, like, I don't care about this, but they're struggling. Right. Just like Jack said, you know, inside they're struggling for yeah. attachment, for connection, for the loss of connection. So when I, when I go in, I'm, I'm trying to help to slow down the process, right? right? So the slowing down the mm-hmm. blaming, judging, criticizing, or, or withdrawing, bringing up people back into the conversation. So if you think about interaction as a dance, emotion is the music. Mm. So the fastest yeah. way to change the dance is to change the music. So if you can't in, dance like me, that's going to be, all right, <laughs> throw it off right? a little bit. <laughs> in order for people to dance, you have to be on the dance floor, yes. right? So if you have people who are not willing to engage, yeah, you yeah. have to create safety for them. And so this is what I do. So um, when I get in, I create safety for people so they can start to share their concerns yeah. in a way that it's understandable, they're valid, they're heard. And at the end of the session, people do feel much better yeah. because now they um, they have expressed, we process the emotions, they understand what's yeah, happening yeah. for them, and then they can turn to each other and say, this is how I felt, and I want to talk to you, I want to work with you, yeah. but when you get on me like this, I get scared. Yeah. So they can become, they can come across from a place of vulnerability. Do you ever, can you see it happen, like their guards coming down? Or, because it's almost like body language. It kind oh, of opens absolutely. up, versus like you were saying earlier. Yeah, and people tell me like the stress melts away. Yeah. Because 
they want to be connected. When people work together, they want to be connected. Yeah. It's, it's almost like a natural, our mammalian brain seeks connection with people we depend yeah. on. So as in your facial expression, in your body language, if you see sense, yeah. I tell my leaders, might as well tell how you feel because it's written on your face. Yes, exactly, yeah. Right? <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's that changing mindset because once they start realizing there's a mindset that not everyone's out to get them, that they're, and they start molding and start connecting with each other because that's how we start inside. We internalize, like I think Jack was saying, that we just, we get Most inside. of the problems, Stuart, I see that people don't know what they feel. Yeah. It's hard for them. It's almost like there's a barrier. There's mm. a by the time you get to the they say I'm frustrated. Right. But by the time you get to the place of vulnerability like I feel I feel scared or I feel yeah, I feel sad. I feel alone. Yeah. Right? And so that's the place we go into yeah. help them to do that do you, in a safe way. Do you find it harder and Jack in your field as well working with couples for males to Articulate, I feel hurt or scared because you know, as again, as society-wise, we're else we're not taught. That's why. You know, I, I, I'm, if I, if I can answer yes, the question, sorry, I get this, <laughs> I get this question a lot because when I go into a boardroom yeah. or a team, there's lots of men, right? Yes. So, for example, I worked with one particular board. There was a chairman, the CEO, and the vice chair, and I would um, work with them to express emotions. And every time I would ask the vice chair, he says, "Lola, don't ask me this question." Oh. I'm a very private person. I don't talk about my emotions. And I said, no problem. So after a while, after about eight sessions we had, suddenly after one of the board meetings, he comes uh, and he says, I feel dismissed. I feel like mm. I'm, not, I'm not important. I, I yeah. felt like I was shoved to the side. And you look and you see, like, what happened? Well, what happened is he saw us doing it mm. and our mirror neurons duplicate what other people do because it's safe right and because he wants connection and when, as he was telling all this as he was sharing how he felt the best part was that the chairman didn't defend didn't try to dismiss his feelings mm. but he said what can we do wow. and he said just be there wow. just be there and That's you can great. just feel this bonding experience yeah. happening so now people leave the room much more connected. They don't feel isolated. They don't try to stir these bad feelings and, and you know, think that the other person doesn't care. Yeah, yeah. No, and even our little, I was just thinking as you were saying that our little office, you know, yeah. you have conflict just even because we're so tight and closed, you have little conflicts. And, sure. And giving that opportunity to feel safe, like you said, mm -hmm. and connected, you know, and I guess. And then, Jack, you also teach that. You still teach at Pepperdine? Yeah, I teach at Pepperdine uh, University. I also teach at uh, Chapman University. Yeah, in your in your spare time, but uh, <laughs> Jack does a lot. Um, what classes are you teaching? In uh, uh, Pepperdine, I teach marriage and family therapy, okay. and I also teach uh, behavior modification, learning theories, and uh, research methods. Wow. So and tell me your favorite class to teach. My favorite class is always couples therapy. Oh, is it? Marriage and family therapy, that's my the favorite. The class or doing it? Or actually oh, doing it both. Doing wow. it and okay. teaching it, that's my favorite because uh, you take, uh, you know, 20, 30 students in the class who come in and they want to learn how to work with couples, how right. to work with families, and they come in fresh and they like a, a sponge absorbing everything. Yeah. And by the end of the class, they go, wow, we actually can do the change. We actually can help people. We actually can make a difference. Yeah. And uh, providing them tools necessary to take people from stressful situations into distress uh, it's a big deal. So I'm going to ask you a tough question. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had a couple you felt like 
you two just don't belong together. <laughs> well, you need to, when you work with couples, you kind of need to meet them where they are. Okay. If they come in and, and they uh, try to resolve difficulties and it doesn't come through, we make uh, it very explicit. And we say, you guys, you know, it, it, it seems like we're hitting a roadblock here. Yeah. Maybe we, we should figure out what's happening. What I find is that when people make their appearance in the, in the session, that means they already want to be close. Mm-hmm. The, the mere fact of getting into the uh, to therapist and getting together with them and, and spending an hour together tells me that they're interested in figuring things out. So I think the position as a therapist is the reason they're here because they're suffering and they want to get it better. Right. So I would say that uh, in my mind, I never see couples as they should be separate, but I always see right. uh, couples who want to be closer, they just don't know how. Yeah, human and, tools again. Right. There, there are some limitations, of course. Like in any therapy, there are some limitations. For example, if there's an active affair, you're not going to be doing uh, uh, couples therapy because right. you have to, the affair needs to stop. If there's addiction, for example, if there's a drug addiction, if there's gambling, porn, you don't do couples therapy. So there's some there's some limitations of which couples you want to work yeah. with and actually bring uh, reconnect them, but once you pass those issues where you see that couple doesn't have any um, uh, domestic violence or there's no uh, drug addiction, right. uh, there's no active uh, affairs, then you just proceed. And so know, if there is okay, say there is a drug addiction, yeah. you have first you say before this can ever work you person with an addiction has to go get help and be on a, I guess, a mapped out program so that they have some resources, or how would you do that? Yeah, a lot of times uh, once you determine that there is an active addiction, uh, then you can uh, roll it into the, the relationship and say there's a reason for addiction. Anytime there's some kind of addiction in the uh, family settings, there's a reason for it. We call it self-medication. Something's mm-hmm. happening that people need to go to drugs or alcohol uh, to self-soothe. So a lot of times I would say, yes, you have to go to some kind of drug program. A lot of times we ask them, uh, the partner who is uh, addicted is to go to AA okay. uh, or, or addiction, uh, counselor addiction or counseling. Uh, but if they are not actively participating in recovering from drug addiction, the uh, uh, couples therapy is not indicated. It's contraindicated. Yeah. Yeah, so we need to... In couples therapy, one of the biggest priorities is to protect each partner. Right. We can't make a partner vulnerable when the other partner can be uh, hurting them. Well, I'm kind of, well, kind of Lola, as you guys both do, you're kind of mining the mind in a sense. So has that ever popped up in, in the therapy session? Like no one knew it had an addiction, all of a sudden it popped up, hey, I have an addiction, or I'm having an affair, or I'm having gambling problems, or I'm addicted to porn. Right. It's always uh, comes up and you assess the uh, level of the addiction and level of the infidelity. If somebody had infidelity 10 years ago and they just want to come in and tell the truth, that's different than somebody who is having actual infidelity currently and, and it's active. Uh, so when it comes up, uh, there's one saying in a couple's therapy work where you say, make everything um, implicit, explicit. And that means when you see something, when you talk to people, bring it up on the table, put it on the table, so everyone can see that, so we can discuss this. Because if, if things are hidden, or if there's a, you know elephant in the room and nobody talks about right, it, right. it doesn't move couples toward the resolution. And if it does happen, we collaboratively decide what to do. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
you're helping. Both of you are mm-hmm. make, like peacemakers almost. <laughs> but, but you know, uh, Stuart, you're bringing this, uh, such a good points up, and especially um, changing minds and changing outcomes, it's a big deal. Uh, because we're not taught how to keep our partner safe in the relationship, we kind of look at our parents, we look at our yeah. friends, we look at the society, and we decide what's good and what's uh, not good, what works, what not good works. A lot of times it becomes hit and miss in the relationship. Yeah. So my recommendation would be for people who are getting married or people who are planning to get married, or even if you just married a newlywed, uh, take uh, three to five sessions from an emotionally focused therapist on a couple's relationship, and that will save you many years of headaches. And the problem is, by the time we get people, by the time I see people, they're either on the brink of being divorced or they're hurting so much that it's hard to bring them back to to and reconnect them well kind of along that line because your family parents have had successful marriages right correct and so those sort of <laughs> no, my, my mine, parents. mine were oh they stayed together but they yelled or my mom was italian so they yelled a lot so mm-hmm. so that was my kind of roadmap you know that's what you see and it's like and not that i'm a yeller i'm actually the opposite because if my mom yelled so much i don't but it's mm-hmm. but you you see, it seems like if you see positive examples, that kind of helps you. Because it really, you know, like you said, I, I right. agree with you. People should take some informational classes because you don't really have any tools, you know. It's almost like having a baby just to have a baby because there's you have to take a driver's license test, right, to get a drive a car. But you got babies, you get married, you all that without any no real licenses. tools. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no license. You know, no license. Uh, as you talk about this, there's a very good program called Hold Me Tight. Mm-hmm. And that program oh. is designed specifically... <laughs> couples hmm. it's designed it's, it's a two-day program uh, and it, it teaches couples how to keep each other safe how to make sure that uh, when the conflict arises how do you resolve it in such a manner that uh, both uh, partners feel safe and secure with each other and uh, highly recommend it's all over the United States it's uh, developed by uh, Sue Johnson who is a developer of emotional focus therapy and uh, it's been very successful uh, the way you judge the success of any program is looking at the research, and very few programs in couples' uh, workshops have research that can validate that actually what you do in the workshop actually works. Yeah. And Hold Me Type is one of the few programs that has research behind it and show the improvements in couple relationship after the workshop. Yeah. So let me, because you're both in the therapeutic world, you see some people go to therapy forever. You know, they're just... 20 years I mean it sounds like your goals are to give them the tools so they can and get tune-ups of course I mean is Mm -hmm. that kind of a goal for like even your board well for my teams and boards we do mastering emotional connection process Mm -hmm. we teach them emotional connection process so they do have a map so they can reconnect and definitely it's really a very short and brief training Right. So for the two-day program, we have we teach it at Pepperdine University. Okay. And for the third day, it can be like train the trainer. So a person can yeah. teach that into their um, organizations. And then any time when we work with a team or a board that is having a conflict, it's very brief. You know, yeah. I would say like five to, even after the third session, people like, oh my goodness, it's like, it's we no happening. longer talk about leaving, but yeah. we are talking about... Wow, that's so amazing. Uh, and, yeah. yeah, it's very brief, brief approach. Well, it's nice because, like I said, I like those kind of tools because then people can actually move on and feel. I remember hearing people saying, 
well, we're going to talk about this when we go to therapy. It's like, we could talk about it now. <laughs> you know, wouldn't that be good to have the tools to do it now instead of waiting a week? Till Unfortunately, um, when couples feel unsafe with each other, and not physical safety, I'm yeah. talking emotionally, not as, they won't be able to talk right now. Right. Um, so because there's two, typically there's two types of people in the relationship. One is we call a person who is uh, pursuing, okay, and it's like, uh, come on, let's talk to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm right here. Why do Why do you walk away? And the other person who is a withdrawal and say, Hey, I don't want our relationship to get any worse. So I don't want to fight. So, so I'm just going to shut down. Right. It's not the guy. Is it? Most <laughs> of the time, seventy percent of the time, guys are withdrawers. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm sorry. Yeah, seventy percent uh, of the time, guys are withdrawers, and seventy percent of the time, women are pursuers. Right. Okay. But it it goes both ways, right? Mm-hmm. So here's a typical cycle that kind of puts us in a difficult place. And that's why when you say, can we talk it right here before we go to a therapist? In reality, no, you can't. If you escalate it, you're going to get worse. Okay. But once the therapist gives you uh, tools and helps you with tools, then you have what we call hold me tight conversation where you can converse and reconnect Mm -hmm. and be close to each other. We call them bonding conversation in our world. For your world? Yeah, okay. for, for my world. <laughs> well, in self-defense, we just call it punching someone. <laughs> no, okay, no punching. Uh, but I'm going to go to my Zen place. <laughs> <laughs> but Jack is correct. I think what he's, he's saying is absolutely right. In sessions, you give these experiences where mm. you can talk about it outside. Yes. And that's what the sessions are for, yeah. is to create these bonding conversations or hold-me-tight conversations where you can experience because Franz Alexander, a Hungarian psychologist, mm-hmm. said change occurs with new emotional experience. So in sessions, you want to create this new emotional experience where it is safe to talk about it so you can duplicate it out of the session. Yeah. Okay. See, and that's what... That's what you want, and exactly. That's and that makes things. That's how you are changing your mindset, changing those outcomes continuously. Because if you have those tools after you, you, I mean, you have to learn them for sure. Right, and uh, I, I just want to make a separation. There's, it's a different process for working with uh, in in the corporate Team. world. Of course, yeah. Okay, and there's different process working with couples in, in, who have intimate and romantic yeah, relationships. Another level. So there's, sure. there's a different levels of work. But the important part here is that uh, most of the emotional focus uh, work is uh, brief work. And you, you brought up the point, you know, some clients go to therapists for years and years. Right. And some of the modalities do uh, have a, um, a process that takes a long time to achieve the results. And, and there's nothing wrong with this, okay? So it's not like something wrong with somebody who's going... Uh, for a long time to therapists. With the couples therapists, uh, when they come to your office, a lot of times they're distressed. Right. And they're looking for immediate relief. They're looking for relief now, not six months from now or 12 months from now. Right. In fact, a lot of times couples come to the office and one person, person is already halfway out the door. Mm-hmm. So if there's no immediate relief, you can see how easily it can just go and people separate mm-hmm. into this. So the goal is to de-escalate couple. As, as fast as you can and help them out to get into a place where they're at least safe. They don't scream at each other. They yeah. don't argue. And then you can process bonding conversation and connection and put them back together. And uh, so typical process is 12 to 18 weeks. And uh, I like to tell my clients that uh, when you come here, there's a beginning and there's an end. And uh, happy about that. 
Right. <laughs> and you also have to look at the clients. Not everybody can afford yes. to come to therapies for a long exactly. time. Mm-hmm. So having that uh, definitive uh, uh, view that, okay, there is an end. I'm not going to be here for the yeah. rest of my life. But what's interesting, the research that was done uh, a few years ago shows that when you do a reconnection of couples on an emotional level, mm-hmm. the relapse uh, is non-existent. That means once you finish the therapy treatment, you continuously improve. Versus if you do just a behavioral modification, most of the time people will revert back to their original behavior. Mm. Okay, so that, so that there's different, different ways. That's why focusing on emotions is so important because emotional changes, when we experience corrective emotional uh, uh, experience in the, in the therapy, usually they stay with you and they become part of your uh, structure, internal yeah. structure, and how you view your relationship. Well, you're probably just re, retuning some of the things that we have inside of us and redirecting. Right, so. right. retuning, and uh, we call it a paradigm change. change. Yeah. Uh, because at the time when the emotional experience um, is, uh, is processed, we, we stop thinking the old way. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Our mind switches, and new minds appear in your mind. And what you see now when you look at your partner is not the uh, person who is attacking you, or a person who is running away from you and withdrawing, but you see a person who just needs a connection, they just don't know how. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that was, it was just kind of relating, because years back, I taught a lot of martial arts, and you could see it in a student when they finally kind of get it. They still make the movement wrong, but you see in their head, they go, oh, I should fix this. And I could see you could probably have those moments where they go, right when they're going to say something, they go, wait, maybe I should adjust how and think. So, well, yeah. I think before they say they can uh, slow it down to recognize what's happening for yeah. them. This is the key. Yeah. This is the key. If once you learn how to tune into yourselves, it's much easier to tune into others. Yeah. Otherwise, when you numb emotions, when you push them down, you you not only push the negative emotions, you push the positive emotions, yeah. and you put you stop the ability to get in tune to others. Yeah. So no, right. I, and, we, and we, the signals then gets misinterpreted. Yeah, we we have a, a program like that that we teach law enforcement how to de-escalate situations with people with mental illness, substance abuse, and development disabilities. And part of our we used to go slow and steady. Mm-hmm. Now it's calm and steady, calm down. Only because slow, they started thinking, I do I have to fight like a Tai Chi guy, really slow? And uh-huh. so we so slow, slow motion. Yeah, <laughs> slow motion. So we change it to calm, but it's the same principle. Right. Because as before you engage, if you can calm and you reduce it, it will reduce the escalation most likely because mm-hmm. you're coming in with a clearer mind and everything. So. Well, it's also hormonal changes, right? Because yes. your, your brain Adrenaline. excretes all of this cortisol, yeah. and when you calm down, it slows it down. Yeah. So it kind of helps you. And they're dealing with lights and sirens, a dispatch call right. saying, hey, you got to get here right now. So all that is pumping everything up. Exactly. So they can, mm-hmm. so yeah. So yeah, so, so. Uh, you bring up a good point. Um, a lot of times we're looking for congruency in the person's um, presentation. So, for example, if you work with couples, a lot of times there's no congruency between what I feel on the inside or what they show on the outside. On the inside, they may be hurting. On the outside, it's an anger or or demand, right? So. One of the goals is to kind of align what you feel, mm. what you think, and what you express, that they're all aligned together. Because mm. imagine uh, your, your partner, they can't read your mind. No. When they see you angry, they don't see that vulnerable part of you that's saying, hey, I just need to hold your hand, I just need you to sit next to me. The only thing they see is an angry face. 
and that gets triggered also. Yeah. So being congruent, so if you're sad, your face actually shows that you're yeah. sad. When you, uh, when you feel um, scared, that you actually show that something's not right is a big deal in improving couples communication and giving them know this is what I'm going through right now. Yeah, that, that community, because I remember years back, just even when I was in a relationship a long time ago, um, before my wife, but, um, but I just remember thinking, don't you know what I'm thinking? <laughs> <laughs> don't you know what I need? No, I don't. <laughs> and the bottom line is a lot of people say, well, if you love each other, you should be able to know how mm -hmm. the other person yeah, feels. Right. And that's mindset. Actually, it's a big trap. It's a trap thinking that maybe we don't love each other. That's why we don't see. But what we find most of the time, it has nothing to do with this. You love a person, but you also need information. Yes. And without knowing what's happening with the person. That's why a partner who is pursuing this say, tell me how you feel. What's, yeah. what's happening? Yeah. Can you talk to me? Why are you upset right now? And you're sitting there, I'm not upset. What? Yeah. Well, can you notify your face that yeah. you're not upset? Yeah, I'm always like right? this. <laughs> but yeah, that, and that's... Like it is the bottom line is sometimes we don't communicate and then the other I don't know if you see that in your practices we see it in our area the added communication through text no inflections everyone's fighting mm. why are you fighting I don't know he just seemed like he was angry because I saw or she was angry because I saw a capital letters so I mean so I don't know if you guys see that because I'm sure your board members must text a lot well, wife and husband and and with remote uh, remote work environment now more and more people are kind of yeah. like working at home. Absolutely, you get that uh, disconnect yeah. happening. And I, I tell my people, you know, you, you want one of the tips, right? Another yeah, tip. Yeah. It's coming your way. <laughs> yeah. All right, write it down, and, people. And, you know, one of the tips is to, to remind and articulate, Jeff says, make implicit, explicit, that you're important, that you're valued, that you matter, and I care. Those four things constantly have to be in your view to um, reassure the other person and also get reassurance for yourself. Yeah. That's how you're going to get back in balance. Yeah. And that's what the whole thing is. Uh, when you communicate, you're saying, like, it throws you off. Yeah. Right? Because you lose that. You lose that, am Detached. I valued? Yeah, I mean, am I important? Yeah. Do you care? And do I matter? Yeah. Right? All of those questions come up. And I can see it being super watered down through text or emails, which we communicate a lot. I mean, we have younger generations here that... When you tell them, try calling that agency. I have to call them. <laughs> I can't just email them or text them. So you lose a lot of that because it, it is. It, you lose that, that vocal Oh, I want there. to tell you, Stuart, I'm teaching a, a Chapman a leadership class, and I have 36 students, and they all on the computers on their phone. So I made them turn off your computers, oh, wow. phones. Did they die? Because I lose, <laughs> I, I lose connection with them yeah. as a professor. I'm like, I don't want to go to my class because I can't see them. I, yeah. My brain says, danger. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> danger. Yeah. I don't get my... So uh, at the end, they, they tell me, this is one of the best classes because oh, we yeah. do that and we actually connect yeah. and it feels good and we yeah. feel safe. Yeah. So well, As you see the kids growing up now that no one, they don't know how to yeah. communicate vocally you know it's all yeah. texting and yeah and I, and I find this what you mentioned is such a big deal I think you brought up such an important point uh, couples uh, don't realize how much uh, texts do not provide enough information to make decisions uh, as simple as uh, I had one couple where um, husband was traveling and uh, for, for a few days and he would send uh, every evening good night message and, uh, and one time he um, didn't send the message. Mm. 
and then the wife thought something's wrong, something's terribly wrong. Is he upset at me? Is something happening, right? And so she 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 said uh, she sent a message saying, "Are you okay?" And then he got angry oh. because he's <laughs> saying, "What's wrong? What did I what did yeah, I do yeah. wrong yeah. that you have to think that something's wrong with me?" Right? Yeah. So I think it's uh, uh, maybe emojis help a little bit, but I think the best way when you work talk to your wife or your husband or your partner or or your friend is uh, to pick up the phone and just yeah. say hello and just figure out what's happening. And even better now on travel is FaceTime. So mm-hmm. my daughter has learned how to do FaceTime. And where are you? Talk to me. <laughs> what you doing? She FaceTime me when I have to travel a lot, which is really great to see. But it also feels disconnection <laughs> when you press a FaceTime and the other party doesn't want to do that. Yes. Right? That feels... So it's very... We're so sensitive, and it's nothing wrong with it, but when that kind of shows that our need to be close to other people and our need to be able Mm -hmm. to see the faces and relate to faces, it's innate in us. We're born with this need, and when we try to fight it, it it feels miserable. Yeah. So the goal is to actually, when somebody's trying to reach, is to be able to be there for them at that moment. Yeah, and I think it's it's how our behaviors are, because we... We'll assume what someone else is feeling, like you were saying. Yeah. And then I, we had the, we were teaching in a classroom of uh, individuals with developmental disabilities, and there was a girl who was on the spectrum, autism spectrum. She would go sit at lunch by herself and just sit there and draw and eat. And there were some peer educators in there, and there were some kids from other classes who were helping, and they said, oh, we, she just wants to be left alone. I go, no, that's maybe what our language speaks. Mm-hmm. But try sitting with her for the next week. And they said, as soon as they sat down with her, her body opened towards her, her writing towards her. She didn't say anything. She didn't do anything, but they felt like she was communicating and she was socializing with them mm-hmm. because we were thinking, oh, she wanted to be left alone. Because like when some of us go off to, you just mm-hmm. want to take a walk, right. you want to be alone. But right, that's where exactly. we were trying to see how that communication is. It actually, the science shows that isolation is traumatizing yeah. for people. So if you leave people, and I tell this at workplaces, mm-hmm. you know, don't leave people. People want to just be left alone. That's not what they're actually they want. They yeah. don't know how to deal with it. But, uh, and I, I like what Jack says, that the need for connection comes back. I mean, it's always innate with us. John Balby, who is a father of attachment theory, said that our need to connect goes from the cradle to the grave. Mm-hmm. It does not stop at right. age 12. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. I agree. So that's definitely very wow. important. So, Lola, you've already given us two good points. Yes. We're going to start wrapping up. So, and Jack, I'm going to get to you with a couple points, too. So, any more points that we can take either... At a workplace or at home, because everything, all that behavior is well, the same. Well, one thing I want to say that you don't have to suffer. There's mm-hmm. a roadmap. There's a process that you mm-hmm. can do con- to reconnect. And, yeah, check out my website, level5executive.com. Yes. And her. Five is spelled out. Trustmakers, yeah, is, is a book. We are um, third edition now. And, yeah, learn third about edition? emotional connection. <laughs> so, yes, Lola is an author as well. All right, so the three she has is, you know, and level five. Level5executive.com, yeah, yeah, and come to the classes, training yeah. at Pepperdine University. I know, I need Mas- to get to those. Mastering Emotional Connection yes. and, yeah, and train the trainer certification. Yeah, something I want to do. I put it the wrong date, so I, I think I actually emailed you. Hey, so is that class going on? That was last week. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right. And we'll I just had it last week, Stuart. And did you again? Have, yeah, to, <laughs> Stuart, uh, people have said it's life-changing. It's yeah. really transformation for them. Okay. Well, so. I definitely want to go there. Maybe I'll bring our staff. Mm-hmm. And Jack, 
any closing points for our audience? Yeah, I would uh, kind of look at uh, couples who are currently struggle, couples that are having difficulties. You know, one of the things I would say, just uh, be gentle to each other. Yeah. I know sometimes we fight because we want to protect ourselves, but the other person is suffering too. And also keep in mind that what you're feeling and what you experience is valid, and there's nothing wrong for you to mm -hmm. feel this way, and nobody can tell you to feel any other way. And finally, get help early. Don't wait too long, yeah. because it's much harder to recover uh, when you've already been fighting for years. Yeah. Uh, if you get little difficulties in a relationship, it takes maybe one or two sessions to get you back on track, and you can continue your life without stress. Yeah, I think people, if they had a pain or a infection, they would go quicker to the doctor. Right. Because if you wait, the same thing will happen. If you wait too long, it can get bad. That's sometimes we don't think about our emotional well-being. You know, we and that's what we all need to work on. It because right. one of the biggest muscles in our body is our our brain and our and, feelings. And we also have a, a little bit of a stigma with going yes. to couples therapy that means something's wrong with it. Yeah. But, you know, when when athletes go and get a coach, we don't say anything, something wrong with athletes, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> we say, this is awesome, you got yeah. coach, right? But when, when couples go and get a coach yeah. or a therapist, uh, people around them think, do you have a problem? Is something wrong? Yeah, yeah. No, we just want our life to be better. We want to enjoy each other. We want to have uh, relationship satisfaction and be safe and, and comfortable with each other. Yeah. So seek help and uh, find good therapists and don't worry to about changing therapists. If something doesn't work, go find somebody else. Yeah, yeah. And it's, that's how important it is. I had a friend who was a high-level athlete and went to a sports psychologist, and their game improved so much more because they were just dealing, because everyone deals with either nerves or self-confidence yeah. or anything, and it just helps. So, yes, I'm a fan of all this stuff for sure. All right, Lola pointed to Jack's notes. He needs something else? Oh, uh, his <laughs> website, couplesteelc.com. Oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> she's, my be, she's my best promoter. Yeah, uh, yeah if you need additional help of you or you need to uh, call in and just ask questions, you can call uh, at 714-725-7121. Uh, and you can go on my website, couplesTLC, tenderlovingcare.com. Oh. All right. Well, thank you very much, You're welcome. Jack and Lola. And I'm going to give you our changing mindset Changing outcome mugs. Wow, that's <laughs> wow. great! Thank you. So this is my. This is gonna be my favorite. <laughs> yeah. I thank love you. to drink tea. I like that the big one. It's the, a gigantic. Big, big oh one. yeah, this is that's great. great. Thank you so much. Thank this you, is Sarah. awesome. Thank you so much for having us. So thank you everyone for joining us. And for more information, go to getsafeusa.com. I'm Stuart Haskin. Thank you again for joining. Mm -hmm.